welcome back, my friends. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello. Uh, hello, how are you? I'm good. Practicing social yeah. distancing. I'm Corey. I'm Holly. And this is Sister Strange. We are currently, oh, spoiler alert, today is the 18th of March. Um, and this is our St. Patrick's Day special, we're going to say. Um, I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. Same week. Same week. Um, but it doesn't really feel like St. Pat- didn't really feel like St. Patrick's Day yesterday. Nope. Uh, because there were no parades, um, because of COVID-19. Um, and we have officially reached global pandemic, um, which is a little scary. We are all doing our best to practice our social distancing. Have they closed um, you guys up there? No, we are not actually getting closed. Um, I work for a major pet store retailer. Um, the reason why we aren't getting closed is because we are considered essential. Um, I work in the grooming salon, so the salon might get closed, but they're giving grooming salon partners the option to go work out in the store. But our hours have definitely been cut um, substantially. Um we're not getting shipments of like non-essential things like toys and leashes and collars and things like that. We're just getting shipments of like cleaning products, food, bedding for small animals, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we actually will not get closed because we are considered an essential because we do offer, um, we do offer food. We offer um, some of our larger stores actually have in store vets that a lot of people use, so we don't get closed. <laughs> Hopefully, anyway. Exactly. So, again, folks, we had this conversation two episodes ago? Last episode? I think we have this conversation every single episode since it's been we had progressing. A corona corner. We had a we corona did. corner. Um, which I didn't tell you, but my friend um, Ducky found that really amusing. Hi, Ducky. Hi. Hi. Um, but again, practice your social distancing, not even just for you, um, but for the people around you. This is really the time to not necessarily be the most selfish person. I work in um, a non-essential retail store. Um, but you have to think about the people around you. You have to think about who does the person you're interacting with go home at the end of the day with for, you know, do they, I live with our geriatric grandmother who is part of that at risk population. There is a small child in this house full time right now. Um, and she was a preemie baby. So like she's compromised right now. Um, we have an older gentleman at work who's, you know, less than a year out from finishing chemo treatments. He's at risk. Um, I have a coworker who gets um, treatments for Crohn's disease, and after those mm-hmm. treatments, he's completely wiped. Yep. So it's it's not social distancing isn't just for you. So when you call a place, and just because it's happened to me several day, uh, several times today, when you call a non-essential retail store. Um, to see if they're opened and you express relief that they're open, trust me when I say those retail employees are not relieved that you're going to be coming in. 
because people keep shopping in these non-essential retail stores is the reason some of them aren't closing. Mm-hmm. And you we don't know how this virus attaches itself to soft goods yet. We have timelines, rough timelines on um, hard surfaces. We don't know soft goods quite yet. So that's clothing, yarn. Clothing, fabric, yarn. Furniture. Linens, yeah. So, although I think most linens are actually sealed in a plastic bag kind of situation, but still. You're talking like towels. Yeah. Towels don't come prepackaged. No. You guys. Um, again, any sort of craft setting, your yarn, your fabric, your thread. We just don't know how these things hang on to, hang on to the virus. Um how long the virus can last on those soft goods. Um, so it's really a matter of, because of, trust me when I say when I pick, ever picked up the phone, I picked up the phone today and I couldn't even get my hello, thank you for calling spiel out. She was like, oh good, you're open. I'm so relieved. If I have to be in my house without a project for six months, I'm like. First off, first off, we are not going to be quarantined for that long. Ma'am, and I don't know about anybody, any other crafters in the audience, but I hoard shit. <laughs> if you, you are not a true crafter, if you do not have at least five years of supplies stockpiled somewhere in your house. Holly, all I had to buy was thread. <laughs> and I didn't even need to buy thread. I wanted to be sure I had enough thread. So I hey, I got enough yarn and projects and things to do. I'm good. But here's the thing. We are not going to be quarantined like you... Th- no. A I, lot know. Of, I know. A no, lot of people think, oh, we're going to... It's going to be a mandatory quarantine. You're not going to be allowed... That's not how that's going to work. We aren't Italy, you guys. No. And the reason why Italy is on such a heavy lockdown is because they have the highest amount of elderly people in a small space in Europe, period. Mm-hmm. They have such a high population of older people, and it's such a concentrated amount. Right. Well, there's a meme going around um, attached okay. to all the videos. Have this... you seen the video? Um, I'm sure you guys out there have. Holly, have you seen the video of Italians singing from their yes. balcony? Yes. Yep. Um, or like out their windows. There's yes. a meme going around. It's okay, Europe. We get it. You have balconies. But think about it. All of Europe is stacked on top of each other like that. Yeah. They don't get the sprawling suburb that we have. Nope. You know, China is the exact same thing. It's spread like wildfire through China and through Italy specifically because those populations are packed into increasingly, I don't want to say urban, but urban-like. I'm not even saying suburb because they don't have, you know, typical suburban yards. Not like what we have here. Not like what we have. I will say that I can see this rampaging through big cities like New York City, Chicago, um, Boston, things like that much quicker. Right. Which New York, thankfully, has taken the precautions to do that. All yeah. Broadway houses are dark. Um, the Met, all the operas are dark. Um, like, we're not going to go into a month-long quarantine unless you are, unless you have been exposed. 
either from someone you know or someone that's traveled or you've traveled. Um, and even then, it's not a mandatory quarantine. It's a proposed self-quarantine. The only time you're going to be mandatorily quarantined is if you test positive. Right. So not for nothing, New York City, all Broadway houses are dark. Now, those are 500 seats or more. Right. So yep. that's 500 people on top of each other in a single room. Minimum 500 people. That's not including the cast and crew. Um, so, I mean, that's a big step, especially when there's people from traveling from all over the world to see these shows. So Broadway houses are dark. Um, the Met is dark. Um, I think most of the museums are currently dark as well. Movie yeah. theaters. Um, anything that puts people in a really small, contained area, space, right? Um, I mean, our show was canceled. If if you if you're not aware, if I haven't mentioned it, um, I work with a middle school in the area, and all after school programs were canceled. I'm using the word canceled because that's the language that was used from Board of Ed. Um, all after school pro- were canceled. Um, so I'll. Pro- Performances, all um, field trips, canceled two days before we opened. Um, so it's hard. It's it's really hard to go through life um, right now. Um, but the important thing is not to panic and not to hoard unnecessarily. Right, which was going to be my next thing. I spoke to two different customers today. Um, one of the first people in the building was, was a regular, um, and she was returning something. And hoarding things, and then I saw a post somewhere else. Um, when you're hoarding things, you're really, it's a detriment to the people who need these things the most. Um, because, again, I don't know anybody who needs 13 packages of toilet paper. Or seven gallons of milk. Or the the people who hoard toilet paper. I have questions. I have a lot of questions, too. I have many questions. Um, It's not dysentery. You don't need all of it. Right. This is not the Oregon Trail. You ain't gonna die of dysentery. Um, And then... There are people who actually, when you hoard products and people have to go to other, um, excuse me, (coughs) when you hoard products and people have to go to other brands, you're actually taking away from the people who rely on food stamps to survive. Yep. Have you seen the food stamps post? Yes, I have. Um, Guys, if you see something with the food stamp. um, Or the WIC. Or the WIC logo on it. Please try to find something else. Um. Because those are specifically things that are eligible for people to use those programs on. Um, it's not your last resort. Spend the extra dollar if you've got it or go without, honestly. Um, that's the number one. And stop hoarding medical supplies. That is absolutely ridiculous to me. Universe. Um, I actually helped a customer today who worked in a 24-hour in emergency vet's office. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's an emergency service, they, they are going to stay open um yep. but she was making masks because they couldn't get their hands on them 
I believe it. I absolutely um, believe it. And what we what, going back what to the bothers hoarding, me about that. Go ahead. Going back to the hoarding thing, a lot of retailers, my store included, actually had to hide our toilet paper for like the store, the big big rolls, because mm. people were stealing them. Someone had hit up two other stores in our plaza the same day that we decided, oh, it, I think we should move this, and we moved it into our break room. Yeah. Well, we have to tell people that people try to use our hand sanitizer all the time, like the stuff specifically for the employees, because not for nothing. Ooh, excuse me, as I just said lunch. Um, not for nothing, we deal with more members of the general public than you do. Mm-hmm. So Here's the other thing. Their, with hand sanitizer... Mm-hmm. Unless it's a certain percent, and it says a lot of hand sanitizers aren't virucides. It's only bacteria that you're killing. Right. So it's not even doing anything. Right. So don't hoard anything and, and be really mindful of your need to get your hands on medical supplies. Um, Mom was at the grocery, uh, BJ's the other day. I'll say it. Mom was at BJ's the other day, and there was this woman in full body hazmat. For those who do not know, BJ's is a large bulk retailer. Yeah, it's a big box. Um, that you need a uh, club card to go into. Yeah, it's Costco's or Sam's Club. It's it's another version of that. Uh, but yeah, full body hazmat. I believe it. Um, one it of my coworkers sent me a picture of someone in our grocery store that was full hazmat. Here's the thing, guys. There's a two-week incubation on this thing. Um, and theoretically what needs to happen is non-essential retail does need to be closed because the non-essential retail is where these, the foot traffic is that doesn't need to be there. Non-essential, that's people going out for the sake of going out. I get it. Mm -hmm. No one wants to be cooked up in their houses, but we do it for blizzards. We live in the Northeast where, where we can be out for like a week on a good storm. Mm Mm-hmm. More, if depending on where you're at. Um, so that's that's my my COVID nineteen blurb for the day. I will okay. say this much: we've gotten some really good memes out of this. I know. It's I know. terrible. We I'm have. not even going to talk about what our current government administration is or is not doing, um, because it's just exhausting and no one has it's, time for that. No. On the bright side. Nice little positive piece of information. Tom Hanks is on the mend. Him and his wife have been released from the hospital and they're in quarantine. He has no fever. He just feels blah. And I'm like, oh, good. And that seems to be the typical, the average body's reaction. The average able-bodied, stable immune system person. Yeah. And and the the deaths, unfortunately, the people who have died from COVID-19 are the immunocompromised. So again, social distancing isn't just for you, you guys. Um, It's for the people around you and the people they're around. So again, that's my little COVID-19 spiel. Um, But we have a really interesting episode for you today. Yes. Yes. Um, So because St. Patrick's Day was this week and Holly and I are both Irish, of course, we're both Irish. We're sisters. But That'd Holly be really has- weird if one, <laughs> if of, one of us wasn't. wasn't. <laughs> Surprise! One of us is adopted. Guess who? Mm-hmm. Um, but because we're Irish, um, 
And I don't know, we, so growing up, um, because our grandfather was, was Irish, um, I don't know, less so I think on our father's side, but our mother's father was Irish. Um, so St. Patrick's Day was always a really, not a really big thing, but it was established well enough in our house. Um, so this is our St. Patrick's Day edition of Sister Strange, and we are talking about um, significant, I don't want to say cryptids, significant supernatural beings in Irish folklore. Um, so you're first this week, right? I am. I'm really excited because you know what I'm doing, but I can never remember what you're doing. And it's okay. not something I've heard of. Yes, you have. You've heard of it, just not by this name. Okay, cool. I have started this a little bit. I've written this a little bit differently than how I typically script out my stuff. Mm-hmm. So this will be fun. You find yourself walking alone at night. A thin mist surrounds you. A sudden chill runs down your spine and the hair on your neck stands on end as you have the sinking feeling in your gut that you are being followed. You glance over your shoulder and see a figure sat atop a large black steed. You start to run to the near safe haven and the figure makes chase. You come to a nearby church and run through the gate closing it behind you only for it to slam open. You narrowly make it inside as you peer through the window. Your blood runs cold and you realize the figure on top of his steed has no head. You have just encountered the Dullahan. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Number one, that was beautifully written. That was really well done. Oh, okay. Sound familiar? (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. The Dullahan is a headless rider who carries their head under their arm often depicted riding a large black steed or driving a coach with six black horses. The horse or horses are said to ride so furiously that fire emits from their nostrils and as their hooves strike the ground. The head that is carried around is said to have the color and consistency of moldy cheese and wears a terrifying grin. It is also said they use a whip taken from a human spine and the carriage is a thing of nightmares. To quote one of my sources, which was theirishplace.com, it has candles and skulls to light the way. The spokes of the wheels are made from thigh bones, and the wagon's covering is made from a worm-chewed pall or dried human skin. It is said the Dullahan is a harbinger of death, a grim reaper of sorts. The Dullahan is typically male, however, there are female variations of this legend as well. There are many different versions of this myth, one of the most popular being The Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Washington Irving. Yeah. This version of the legend has the headless rider searching for a replacement head that he has lost. In ancient Ireland, the legend goes that where the Dullahan stops riding, a person is going to meet their end. They call out the person's name, drawing out the victim's soul, and that person will drop dead on the spot. The most sure way to slow down a Dullahan is with gold. The precious metal is said to frighten the Dullahan, and when thrown in front of the entity, it'll cause his horse to stop and flee. 
During the time when this legend was most populant, the most affluent families were likely to have gold, and they were told to use it if the Dullahan called on their houses. In the American variation, it is also said the Dullahan was not able to cross onto holy ground, like churches. So not only is this a very cool Irish legend, but it's very popular in pop culture as well. I've already mentioned the legend of Sleepy Hollow, which is the most popular variation. And there are so many different variations of that story as well. My two personal favorite are the animated 1954 Disney adaptation, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Yes. And the, it is, it's absolutely wonderful. And the feature film Sleepy Hollow starring Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp, Christina Ritchie, and the great Christopher Walken as the Headless Horseman. Yeah, that yes. movie's weird. It's very weird. I don't weird. know that I love that movie, but it's 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 a thing. It came out in 1999, and it doesn't feel like it's that old. It hasn't aged well, though. It no. Like like you can tell it's it's a late 90s, early 2000s. Oh yeah. Technically. Yeah. But you know what is also a great adaptation of this legend, specifically Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, but this whole idea is the wishbone version. Yes, I completely forgot about the wishbone version. Because the wishbone version is their, like, the big Halloween episode. Um, mm-hmm. What's the story, wishbone? It's so good. So good. Um, uh, okay. Dullahans actually have made several appearances in anime as well. Shows okay. like Shows like Dorarara. And interviews with Monster Girls feature them as female leads. Um, there is another uh, anime that is geared more to adults that I'm not going to title that has a Dullahan character as well. Okay. Um, and it's also, they're also very popular video game characters as well. Um, like old. Uh, almost Legend of Zelda 2 style side scrollers. Um, however, in the video games, they're often depicted as armor wearing beasts instead of something that's headless. Okay, so they take it and sort of spin it on its head a little bit. A little bit. Okay. Uh, while the supernatural Canadian drama Lost Girl has a Dullahan as a lesser antagonist who only appears in one episode. So he's he's popular. It is I love good... the the Japanese take on it. Yes. I love that Japan is borrowed from the Irish t- and 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 again twisted it on its head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because you'll see you'll see Japan borrowing from I say Japan in the larger sense, um borrowing from other cultures quite frequently. Um, oh, absolutely. But that's an interesting one. That's a really, really interesting take on it. I like the fact that a lot of the, especially the anime that uses the Dullahan, they're not using the male variant. They're using a female variant. Mm-hmm. Um, quite honestly, Dorarara and Dorarara uh, times two is one of my favorite animes. Mm-hmm. It's 
so good. <laughs> um, but it might be worth keeping some gold on you, just in case you find yourself in the sights of a Dulahan. Um, my sources were theirishplace.com and our lovely friends Wikipedia, who actually uh, use theirishplace.com as one of their references. So, but that's the Dulahan. Nice. Yes. I love the imagery that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 this creature and being because you have to sort of take the horses themselves as their own thing. Um that has sort of risen from the depth of hell Yep. to come after someone's soul at the, at the end of the day. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, could you find where, like, the basis for this folklore? Yes, like, actually. how did it get started? And... Mm-hmm. Um, there is a Irish deity. I don't know if it deity is the right word but Mm. um um and i'm going to butcher his name crom dub spell the whole thing c-r-o-m space d-u-b-h he is a he is a mythological creature based off of the king idol of ireland and it had said that he would go and take this form of the Dulahan to collect souls. Okay. Um, back in very, very, very ancient times, um, there would actually be human sacrifices to appease him so he wouldn't uh, appear as this otherworldly entity to come and take someone's unwilling soul um i think it just the imagery especially has evolved as uh like the folklore evolves with the times and everything Mm -hmm. but that's the closest i could find as far as like Like the origin point yeah okay i think it's really interesting how because when you read um sleepy hollow the book like when you read the novelization, um, mm-hmm. it's a short story, right? It's a, it's a short it's a story. story. It's a short story. Um, when you read the short story, his head actually becomes a pumpkin. Is that correct? Like a jack-o'-lantern? Or is yep. that a Disney twist? No, it's um, it's a Disney twist, but it's not a Disney twist. Um, mm-hmm. He, when he goes and basically assaults Ichabod, he throws a skull. But the next morning where they go to see where he takes oh, so the he town leader head and it's a smashed pumpkin. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So okay. nobody believes Ichabod. Right. Poor Ichabod. Poor Ichabod. But isn't there a version where Ichabod doesn't make it out of that alive or is that like the next encounter? No, that or uh, the end of Sleepy Hollow, Ichabod doesn't live. That's right. He doesn't make it out. Nope. He doesn't make it make it away. Of course, Disney. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've, I've had any interaction with them, the short story. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, Ichabod does not... Spoiler alert! Ichabod does not make it out. Or at least one variation. Right. But... Ugh, and just the, the image of this 
uh, of this like rotting head he carries under his arm. Mm-hmm. You said the texture and color of moldy cheese. The color and consistency. Ugh. And the Ew. smell, I must, as well. Of oh, like just worse decay. Than rotting cheese. Moldy mm-hmm. cheese. Ew. Wow. Um. So is there like a a time of year that this this entity is said to be more active? Any time where there is a big festival going on. Oh, okay. Yep. Any time where there's a large gathering of people mm. and the sun starts to set, that's when people know when to like to be wary. So it's really a, like a cautionary tale about staying after dark. Yeah. That's what it sort of boils down to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm sure it was also used to frighten naughty children into doing what their parents say and all that good stuff, oh, too. Oh, I'm sure. I'm um, sure. There's also bits saying that he, if you try to run from him, he often will use his whip to just rip the soul out of you instead of speaking its name. Um, he's also been known to splash buckets of blood on people mm. just for funsies. Just, 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 just do. <laughs> just cause. Just to do it. Weird. I just, I threw the Google. It, it's a type of fairy, really. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a fairy, sort of like Minus. Um. When I was doing research for this particular episode, I was like, oh, I'll just do a leprechaun because St. Patrick's Day and all that good stuff. And I was scrolling through and I'm like, I completely forgot. Wow. I I I feel like I knew but forgot that this was an Irish thing. Mm-hmm. For some reason, my brain had convinced me that it was Scottish, not Irish. Mm-hmm. But... Yours is actually very close in another Scottish legend, too, though, isn't it? Um, there's a lot that sort of goes into mine. So I'm going to pr- start mine by apologizing for my Irish pronunciation. Um, I actually looked up the pronunciation, and I have it written down in my notes um, phonetically, like English phonetically. Um, so I'm going to do my best. Um, and and I again, I apologize for my um, pronunciation here. So uh, we've started ours in very similar manners. <clears throat> On dark, quiet nights, often punctuated by rain or fog, one might hear the distant wailing of the banshee. Many say her mournful cry is signal a death in the listener's family has occurred. Some say it is death yet to be. One way or another, the fairies foresee the terrible. My sources, to start, are Wikipedia, um, Ireland'sEye.com, a site called Clara Design, that's like an Irish um, jewelry retailer who somehow had this in there. And then I used Forvo.com for my pronunciations, which the cool thing about Forvo.com is that native speakers can upload their own um, clips of how to say certain words. Oh, that's cool. So I'm listening to people with one of the three main dialects say these words. So, so let's start. Super cool. <laughs> let's start with what banshees were in the historic sense, because they're based on historic figures, like actual people. In medieval Ireland, a woman known as a keener would sing morning song called Quida 
at funerals. The more talented she was, the more sought after she became, and the more powerful families could afford the most talented women to sing at their graveside. They were usually paid in alcohol, as one does in Ireland, and eventually ended up as alcoholics banished from their village. Oh. These young women with beautiful voices who were hired to sing and grieve for someone. And they were paid in, in some form of alcohol. And the better they became, the more likely it was they were going to become an alcoholic. So when they did eventually age, they became these decrepit nut jobs. That's so sad. Right? Um, so all parts of the Banshee legend are based on these facts. According to tradition, Banshees are attached to and can only cry for one of the five main Irish families and their descendants, the O'Neills, the O'Briens, the O'Connors, the O'Grady's, and the Kavanaugh's. These would historically be the wealthiest families and would be able to hire the best keeners for their funerals. Banshee are also traditionally a type of fairy. The word banshee breaks down into two words, banshee, um, which are women of... Translates to woman of the fairy mound, um, which are these burial mounds. So they have that funeral connection again. Um, Banshees are also traditionally a type of fairy. And fairies have beautiful voices and sing more sweetly than humans can. They're also often described as young, beautiful women, stern, stately, matronly types, or decrepit hag, the lifespan of a well-sung keener paid in alcohol. The conditions surrounding the presence of a banshee vary regionally throughout Ireland. In areas of Leinster, she's called Banchunta, or the caning woman. And her cries are so shrill, they may shatter glass. In County Tyrone, it sounds like two pieces of wood being smacked together, sharp and brassy. In Kerry, the sound is low, quiet, pleasant singing. On Rathlin Island, the northernmost point of Northern Ireland, it's described as an owl-like screech. A sound travels, whatever it is. Some report hearing it for several nights in a row, and some only on the eve of a death. Um, which you have to think about what the wildlife is, is native to that area. So you know this really well. Um, there are certain animals that sound like women screaming. Yep. Foxes, fisher cats. Um, owls can sometimes sound like that. Raccoons. Um, raccoons. Um, foxes sure are they, the worst. Foxes are the worst. Um, so, and, and a lot of these castles and a lot of these estates that these major families would live in are out in the countryside and, and in the woods or near woods or have woods on their properties. Um, so not to discredit anyone's belief system, because these are um, really interesting and, and carefully feared spirits and, and fairies. Um, but every time you hear a sound like that in the middle of the night, I can't imagine it not sending a chill down someone's spine. It is absolutely Just, horrifying. It really is woman's screaming in the distance and you know that there's a chance that someone could die 
sometimes banshees are seen actually washing the bloody clothes of someone who's just been just died or been killed. Um, sometimes she combs her hair. And Irish folklore warns against picking up combs you see on the ground, lest you be stolen away by fairies. Um, so sometimes they say, or it's widely believed that each of these individual families have their own um, banshee. I know there's one that actually has a name, and I didn't write it down because I'm the worst. And again, forgive my pronunciation. The Ubrian banshee is thought to be named Abel, and she's the ruler or sort of like the queen of other banshees. And she'd have this this host of 25 other banshees who would be at her attendant. And this particular story um, sort of gives the idea that multiple banshees wailing for the same person um, signals that this is actually like a, a, a great person. Okay. So there are similar... Um, similar figures in both Scottish and Welsh folklore. Um, so in Scotland, they have something called the Binia, which is the washerwoman. Um, so who again, haunts streams and washes the clothes of people who are about to die, very similar to some um, Banshee folklore. There's a Welsh figure who is this m- disembodied voice that moans before a person's death. So there are very similar spirits all through um, the British Isles at large. Um, mm. And then can you think of another very similar piece of folklore that may not be European? Are you asking me personally? Like, is this I a guess. guessing game or do I know <laughs> I'm asking, one? I'm asking you personally. I'm sure you know one. I'm asking you personally. Do you know another one? Yep. What? Uh, La Lorena. La Llorona, yeah. So there, it's a Spanish, Mexican, Mexican Central American um, figure. Um, again, of a very similar, um, a similar urban le- urban legend. Um, Except she steals children. <laughs> she steals. She steals kids. Um, so that mythos, very briefly, is. She um, was unloved by her husband, and her husband loved her, their sons more than her. So after she caught her husband with another woman, she drowned her sons in a river, then drowned herself. She was refused entry into heaven, and she's forced to walk the earth crying for her children. Um, similar, not quite the same, but again, you've got this weeping woman, um, which I think is very powerful in a feminist sense. All of these these sort of fairy specter um, legends, yeah. Because you have women who have a power over death, mm. which is really interesting. Um, Caitlin Doty, who, if you don't know who Caitlin Doty is, she has a YouTube channel, Ask a Mortician. Um, there's a podcast that goes along with that called Death in the Afternoon. And there's an episode specifically on ghosts. Um, and one of Caitlin's co-hosts actually talks about La Llorona and gives much better detail um, and a better explanation. But that's the Banshee. That's so spooky. So spooky. 
I think it's also really interesting that um, separate but equal or separate but similar um, legends and folklore can be developed, right? Mm -hmm. It's sort of like the theory that how can the pyramids at Giza and then the pyramids in pyramids in areas of South, uh, Central America separate but equal, separate but similar. Yes. Which I think is really interesting. Yeah, that's, uh, yes. that's the banshee. I like it. I thought I like there was it. another one that I was thinking of that would go along with that, and it's not. It's completely different. What were you thinking of? Uh, the Manangal. It's a Filipino or uh, folklore from the Philippines. It's more closely related to vampires than... Oh, okay. I don't know why I thought it was like a weeping woman. A weeping woman. Yes, I mean, yes, it's essentially sure. a torso, but hey. Oh, I know that one. Yes. Yeah. I uh, had, I like most little girls went through a vampire phase when I was about 12. Um, and I had like a vampire uh, encyclopedia. Do you remember that book? I think I have it in my bookshelf somewhere because it got sent with me for some reason. Hmm. <laughs> like anytime you pur- purged any of your book to like here and I'm like right. read thing yeah that's floating around somewhere in my apartment maybe we'll do a vampire episode one day probably maybe. not who knows yeah. so yeah those are two really interesting Irish death folklore fairies when in doubt death when in doubt death um anything else we want to touch on not that I can think of okay those oh good yeah. Unrelated. Mm. Corey got me the best thing ever, and I still haven't found a spot <laughs> for it. Well, to be fair, I bought us both one. I still haven't found a spot for it. I needed one, too. Do you want to tell him what I bought you? Corey got the 10-inch Cthulhu Pop. The big this, boy. This thing is massive. Him big. I don't know where I'm going to put him. Currently, he's sitting on my couch with me in the box. He's also very cute. He's very, very cute. The detail on him is really great, too. Um, Just going back to the Weird Sounds episode, we each now have our own Cthulhu. Yeah. But I have Cthulhu times two. Mm. So many Cthulhu. All of the Cthulhu. Never not Cthulhu. Never not. But um, other than that... (laughs) So... Yeah, this is your friendly reminder. Practice your social distancing distancing if you can. Wash your uh, hands. Sneeze into your, your elbow. Um, take care of the people around you. Stop hoarding things. Don't hoard things. I really uh, want chicken at some point this week, so <laughs> <laughs> can you not? And if, if you are in a position of power for any sort of non-essential retail, do what's right for your community and for your customers and your teams. Close non-essential retail down. So many places have already done it um, because they care. Mm-hmm. Did you see that they're now shutting down like cosmetology places? Mm-hmm. The um, salon, the nail salon in the same plaza where I work, and the spa are both yep. closed. Um, so, thank you all for listening. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. However belated. Um, Enjoy no, your- I just want to disclaimer real quick. Um, we're not completely ignorant of the struggles going on in no. 
Ireland and the UK and the entire island. Um, we just found parts of the folklore that we enjoyed um, that sort of fit our bill. Um, so when we say, say uh, Happy St. Patrick's Day and when we talk about these things, it's not out of any sort of disrespect or political view. Um, just because that's part of who we were growing up. But again, thank you for listening. We upload every Friday. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Sister Strange Podcast. If something you think we need to know about, email us at sisterstrangepodcast at yahoo.com. And we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.